0: that somebody actually ends up having the courage to face that and it is courageous it is courageous to face what you've dealt with it's not weak in any way whatsoever it really takes a lot of bravery to step into the shit that is hurting you Mm -hmm. yeah and and sometimes sometimes you can get through things yourself and other times i think it's just i think it really just comes down to you know with you finding your counselor and it was like life changing for you mm-hmm. i think it really comes down to how much time are you willing to spend or how much time are you willing to waste mm-hmm. getting to the result that you want yeah sorry my throat is like gone <laughs> i don't know what's going on
1: he's been yelling at me too much
0: yeah um I can help you, out. I yeah. can help you out. Well, we're recording now. It's actually working.
1: Hopefully. Do your podcast stretches.
0: Do the podcast stretches. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pray <laughs> to the podcast gods. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yes. Okay. Why? Why? But then when we do this, it spikes off the fucking. Ha! See. <laughs> Sounds like
1: you're going to say, "Why? Ha!" Ah!
0: <laughs> you're <clears throat> <clears throat> really a good sure.
1: snapper. Can't snap.
0: Can I do it? Yeah, not really. <laughs> hey guys, this is Love in the Valley. I'm Christian,
1: and I'm Michaela.
0: And today, today Michaela is going to. Tell us some stories. I'm just gonna share some stuff with us.
1: I got some good well, these aren't really good stories. <laughs> There's a happy ending in there.
0: They are your information is insightful. But oh, thank you. But we'll just give uh a, a warning for a slightly heavy material in mm-hmm. some cases, but uh but you're a champ.
1: Aww. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she sighs heavily.
0: <laughs> so this isn't my story, so I'm just going to let you start.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about this topic just because um, I think it's really important to talk about, um, especially, you know, it does have to do with relationships and interacting with other people. Um, it's also something that a lot of women could relate to as well um and I it's hard to talk about because I don't want to sound like you know I'm a know-it-all or I've discovered everything or like I'm at the top of my game but at the same time I do think that there's wisdom in other people's experiences and so trying to tow that line (laughs) ride that line I mean (laughs) um yeah I don't know where to start um I guess we'll start at the beginning um and I already told Christian I'm not going to go into too many details but um Yeah, I didn't really have a good start in life, pretty much from birth. (laughs) Um, I had a very traumatic childhood, um, and I came from a broken home. And I experienced various forms of abuse, physical, emotional, mental, unfortunately sexual. And uh, my family was just, like, really tumultuous. Um, It was not a good situation. And I took all of those issues and turned them inwards. And I was a very quiet child. I didn't have any friends. I just kind of played in my room all the time. My parents thought it was great because I was super easy to take care of. Um, And I just don't think they really understood the warning signs of, you know, mental health issues or how children should be developing and stuff like that um and yeah I started showing pretty early signs that I was unwell um I think I was 13 oh I guess we already added a trigger warning right yeah yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I was 13 when I started self-harming. Um, and unfortunately my parents did not handle it well. And it just kind of spiraled from there. You can imagine like depression, anxiety, anger, not knowing what's happening, not knowing how to deal with it. And again, like I said, I turned it all inwards. I thought it was my fault. I thought, like, you know, I'm the common denominator. Um, it must be me. It didn't help that I also grew up in a Christian background, not that I have anything against Christianity, but just the church that I went to basically was like, well, you just need to pray your problems away. And unfortunately, that doesn't work when you have mental health issues. Um, Mm. And so then God got involved in my issues and I was like, there's. Like, God must hate me because I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible. Like, I was a pretty dang good Christian. I read my Bible like two hours every day um, because I was just like, I got to do this, and this is going to ha- be how I fix this. And I knew nothing about mental health, I didn't know anything about depression, anxiety, trauma, nothing. So, it was easy for me to believe that it was a spiritual issue because I didn't understand. um and some of those people who told me that they've now realized you know that that wasn't the right thing I mean at the time mental health just wasn't really talked about in general you know like the people who were depressed they were like crazy and they were in like mental institutions and we've grown so much as a society and that does make me very happy um this was
0: during your teens
1: teens and young adult like yeah 20, 21, 22
0: was this a very uh was this the environment that you spoke of being very like cult like
1: yes, yeah, so um, the church that I went to, which I will not name names mm-hmm. um <clears throat> basically within the church, there was a man who I don't know like what the right wording is but he basically preyed on vulnerable teens. Every person That ended up joining his kind of Bible study. They all came from broken homes. Um, And a lot of them had like father issues, parent issues, that kind of thing. And so he kind of assumed that role. And for me, the reason why I got caught up in it is because my brother was the one that brought me into it. It's not his fault. And I got instant friends. Everyone was like, "Oh, you're a Christian now. We'll be your friend." And I just thought that was like amazing. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, I had I didn't have any friends. They were also older than me. My brother's five years older than me, so I was like, "Sick! I'm hanging out with twenty year olds, and I'm fifteen. I'm so cool. They're taking me to do all these things because they can drive, and because they have you know adult interests and stuff like." cooking and traveling and everything. And so I just thought it was really cool and I got sucked into it really easily. And of course, I also came from a broken home. So I was looking for somewhere to belong. Um, And unfortunately, I mean, I should say that I got out of this group fairly quickly. Um, I mean, I guess it was like four years or something. But um, I don't know if I was just born with a dislike for authority, <laughs> but that was my saving grace, at least at I the was, time. So. Yeah, <laughs> At that time, that's what really saved me because it got very controlling <clears throat> and I was like growing up. I was becoming a young woman. I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of, like, interests. And most of it was just me trying to figure out me. Um, And it just became very controlling. And I just felt suffocated. And I was just like, bye. Um, I still stayed friends with some of those people. But I wasn't really, like, in the group. Um, And then, uh, unfortunately, we found out later that this man unfortunately had been sexually abusing some of the girls um he also was a um a financial planner i don't know if that's the official title hmm. he had his own business and everything and he had been um what do you call it when they take money from clients
0: uh frauding yeah yeah yeah
1: um so he lost his license his business fell apart and then we found out all of these things because some girls came forward or well they were women at the time and so it was obviously awful um and i was just like peace out christianity (laughs) this is this is i can't handle this i had like other bad experiences with different churches and stuff and um yeah i really lost my sense of community and my sense of self even though i'm very happy that i left the church um it's really hard when you have this formative belief of how the world works mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like well that's not part of my life anymore now what <laughs> um <laughs> <clears throat> so um Feel free to interject anytime. time. <laughs> no, yeah,
0: I, I will. But Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, also, as a teenager, I was... Well, even in elementary school, I was wildly unpopular. Um, I was just weird. And I recognize that now I didn't have great social skills because I didn't hang out with kids very often. Um, I also didn't understand children my age um, because... I was dealing with things that no child should have to deal with. And mm-hmm. so my brain was in a very different place. And I didn't understand kids who were just like carefree and who were like, oh, let's go play basketball. And they're not worried about anything else. I didn't get it. Yep. I thought kids my age were childish. I mean, they were supposed to be childish. <laughs> but <laughs> um, So, yeah, I was very socially awkward. I was very weird. And I also, I mean, it's still true to this day. I also marched to the beat of my own drum. Um, But that being said, guys were not interested in me. (laughs) I was also very Christian. So even if a guy was interested in me, I was terrified. I was just like, no, boys. Because with the Christian cult thing we were told that we shouldn't even have male close male friends um i don't know if you've heard of the term emotional purity
0: no Uh, i'm sure i've heard something like it but no
1: basically you can't share your heart with another man because you're not being emotionally pure and you could build an attachment to them, which is true.
0: God forbid you build an attachment to somebody you like. <laughs>
1: but, Horrible. Also, but also, like, <laughs> for me, I've always gotten along with guys way better than I've gotten along with women.
0: Yeah. And I'm I'm the same on the opposite. On the so. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I mean, not romantically, but like. I just feel more comfortable around men. Yeah. So I was also very confused because I was just like, I, but I want to hang out with the guys. And the way I'm wired, I want to have deep conversations. So anyway, um, Kayla was a virgin. No one was touching this. <laughs> no one was interested. Um, until the first guy ever was interested in me. Again, will not be named. but. Um, Basically he was a very horrible person and very selfish, has a lot of issues that I empathize with. Um, but for me, I was like, oh my gosh, a guy likes me? This is a amazing mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what this feels like. I'm 20, I was 22, 23, I was like, oh my gosh. And I felt, the power and the rush of someone just like wanting to be with you all the time. Yeah. But I. It's
0: a huge high.
1: It's a huge, huge high, high, especially when you've never experienced that in your life ever. Yeah. Um, And then also like he wanted to have sex with me. So I was like, someone wants to have sex with me. I'm, I'm a <laughs> sexual person. <laughs> um, And I didn't want that, but I was just like, you know, it still feels good. Um, Fortunately, nothing really bad happened. But that was the start of me thinking that I could only be with bad boys. And that because hmm. he was very much a bad boy in all the bad ways. That's um interesting. Yeah. Because I thought, like, I don't know. I've heard this said before that the first person you date leaves an imprint on you. And you pursue that
0: person Mm. over and over again. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you're, what you're saying and I'm, what I'm hearing you say is like, for you, you kind of associated your desirability to a particular personality type. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And part of it also was just, I had zero self-worth. So I couldn't even conceptualize that I could do better. Like, it didn't even cross my mind. I didn't even think better existed. Um, And so, and given my childhood and everything, you know, I was basically taught that, like, the person that loves you treats you terribly. And so that kind of started my deep... <laughs> long battle um of just dating terrible guys um and that really um that really compounded my depression and anxiety because i'm also someone that loves very strongly and though i'm not perfect i'm like all in when it comes to relationships yeah <laughs> sometimes not to my like <laughs> <laughs>
0: to your detriment.
1: Too much yeah, to my detriment. Yeah. Um, but when I love, I love. <coughs> um, and so I didn't understand why these guys were treating me like this. I just thought like I I'm doing everything that I can. I don't know why this is happening. I was also very depressed. Um I had gone to the hospital um when I was 23 because I was suicidal I mean I had been suicidal as a child and a teenager then as an adult I was like I don't think this is normal Um, and so I went to the hospital I only stayed overnight but I was still there Um, and so then I left Christianity at the same time and it was like I lost so many friends because of that all of these things were just like crashing together um and so after my first boyfriend um I was just like fuck it I'm just gonna be free (laughs) and I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want um not realizing that I would end up doing a lot more damage um and so I was just, like, sleeping around, like, there's no tomorrow. And I'm not saying that's bad, but for me it was because it just compounded the belief that I wasn't worth anything because these guys would just hit it and quit it. And I would be like, where are you going? Like, we had sex. Um,
0: Can can we stay on that for just a second? Yeah, of course. Because I think we never hear people talk about this is this is this is a gray area thing totally and it's not black or white it's not saving yourself for a relationship is the right thing and it's not having all the sex you want is the right thing Mm -hmm. it's contextual Mm -hmm. it is it is contextual to the situation where you're at in life um what's not contextual is the emotional connection to Mm -hmm. sex that we all want to really disregard is there or isn't there, but is actually there. Um, But I think, yeah, just you saying that, it wasn't right for you, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, it might be right for you, or it might not. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Maybe think about it.
1: Yeah, um, I think that just, I didn't do this until years later, (laughs) but (laughs) taking a pause and really thinking about How is this making me feel? And I didn't think that because I didn't I didn't have sex when I was a teenager. I was like a good girl. Mm -hmm. I followed my parents rules. I didn't party partly because I didn't have friends to party with. But like I didn't do anything rebellious. And I also thought to be free, I need to have a lot of sex. And that's not true. No matter who you are. Freedom I think it starts within yourself. But anyway, mm-hmm. so um, I had a lot of crazy experiences because I had no self-worth. I also put myself in a lot of really bad um, situations, but fortunately, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> um, I'm glad, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. Well, we
1: wouldn't have this podcast. <laughs> um,
0: That's, that was my concern. <laughs>
1: that's all he cares about no i'm just kidding <laughs> um but i guess like i'm not going to talk about all the guys that i went out with and stuff because first of all that could be like three episodes yeah. <laughs> <Infinity>. <laughs> but i will talk about one in particular um his aim is was i guess i shouldn't mention his name
0: I'll just cut it out.
1: Okay. His <laughs> name is blank. <laughs> um, And after all the sleeping around I did, I was like, oh, I kind of want a boyfriend now. But I was so unaware of the early signs of someone being toxic, of being abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought in my head no boyfriend would ever do that to me um and I I was very naive and I just didn't know like you unfortunately you don't know until you know or you know if you have parents that like talk to you about these things but my parents didn't um and so he started off he he was a very handsome tall italian man and he started off being very loving and very into me and it just all fell apart so quickly um basically he just like treated me like garbage um and like i wasn't even a person um he never gave me water he never gave me anything to eat he would belittle me he would um mock what i was wearing he would um rant to me for like 3 hours on the phone about personal choices that i was making um he wow. yeah um and then one time i was at his house and I checked the clock, it had been three or four hours, and I just sat there while he was just berating me. Um, I asked him to stop, but he didn't want to stop, and so I just said, okay, I guess I'll just, if I sit here, eventually he'll be done. Um... He called me at work one time and he made up this story. I know he made it up because he's crazy. Um, But at the time, at the time, I didn't know. And he made up this crazy story and he's like, you need to come over. Like, I really need you. And then even though I had to work really early the next day, he stayed up talking to me for hours about this thing. And then... I it was like three o'clock in the morning and I said can I just sleep over because if I go home like it's just cutting into my sleep time and he's like no um and he's like you have to leave and um yeah the one time I I think I only slept over once um and in the morning like Didn't even offer me... Well, didn't offer me water the entire time. Um, And also, like, didn't feed me. And he was my boyfriend at the time. So I was there, like, over dinner through the night into the morning. And he didn't offer me any food. I now have this compulsory habit, which I just realized this is where it comes from. Where I always keep a bottle of water in my car. Because... Mm. With him, I was always thirsty. So when I drove home, at least I had water on the way home. Um, So it's just like, and there were other things in there. And I had no idea what was happening until he broke up with me. Even then, I was just like, oh, this is my fault. Like, what did I do wrong? He sent me a whole email saying all these awful things about me. Um, And I just thought, like, well, first of all, it was bawling my eyes out and I just thought like this is the cruelest thing anyone has ever done to me and I just thought like I just I just loved you I don't understand (laughs) how you could say these things about me and then I went to counseling because I realized that I was like really fucked up from it but I didn't know why and then we started to unravel things and I realized like oh my god he was gaslighting me
0: um among other things among probably.
1: other things that i <laughs> sounds like um yeah it was crazy and that oh, man. yeah from that point onwards i was not the same person um i it fundamentally changed me i it's hard to describe but i think I think I just took everything that happened. And again, like I did when I was a child, I just put it inward and I just gave up. Um, I went into like a deep depression. I started dating someone that I should have never dated. Ended up living with that person. It was awful. Um, And then uh, I thought I was getting what I wanted but I wasn't I was in another horrible relationship and I didn't know why I didn't know why these things were happening I didn't know why I was so depressed I didn't know why I was so anxious basically I didn't know why I was miserable um so yeah right after I broke up with my last boyfriend I met you well shortly thereafter
0: Right. Um,
1: okay. I think we've been in like September.
0: I think yeah, it was September. Yeah. Yeah, twenty nineteen. September twenty nineteen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and unfortunately things did not get better. I was really heartbroken and just reeling from my breakup. It was just excruciating for me. Um, I mean breakups usually are. And also at the time. I was just coping by smoking so much weed and uh, partying, drinking, all of those things because that was my escape. <laughs> when I was partying, I was really fun. I was the life of the party. All my friends loved it when I got drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause I am a good time. However, I didn't really have an off switch. So I never really like knew how to stop. Um, and then, um, I was hanging out with one of my best friends at the time. We are not friends anymore mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and there was another guy there, and we were just having a party of three, and I was drinking so much um to the point where I was blackout drunk, and I don't think I've ever been blackout drunk before um, and this whole like bits and pieces of that evening that I do not remember um and unfortunately my friend assaulted me um while I was blacked out and I woke up to that happening and so yeah that really broke me um that that propelled me into a very dark place um I'm very thankful for you because I was still friends with this person and I understand why, because of all of my trauma and because when you love someone so much, like you just want to believe the lies that they're telling you. Mm -hmm. But it was actually Christian who was like, I think you, the exact words were I'm gobsmacked that you're still friends with this person and it sounds like me (laughs) at first i felt shame and i was just like oh my god like what's wrong with me but then i thought okay i haven't known christian for very long so he has no reason to really care um or to be invested in me and so he's telling me this as an outsider and i really took it to heart and that's when i just left the guy in the dust. Um and I probably would have gotten there eventually, but probably sure, yeah. probably after more heartache. <laughs> um yeah, and me and Christian have been inseparable ever since. <laughs> Very much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we've, we've talked ever since November 2019.
1: Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we both went through a real dark time that winter.
0: That was a rough
1: winter. <laughs> <It was> so- <laughs> So bad. Yeah.
0: Um, It was worse than COVID for me. That three-month period was worse than COVID.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: for like the whole COVID up till now. Yeah. That three months was worse for me. Wow. But.
1: It was pretty bad. I'm
0: not going to lie. Yeah, well, you went through a rough time too.
1: Yeah. And we basically just talked to each other through all this stuff. Unfortunately for me, I convinced myself that I was better. And I wasn't. I did not unpack what happened to me. And as I often do, I just minimize it. And I think, oh, it's not that bad. Well, he didn't do A, B, or C. So I'm fine. And I kind of brushed it off. And then COVID happened. (laughs) And I just... For the first part of 2020, I was okay. I mean, I wasn't okay, but I was, like, keeping it together. But then it was in the fall where my brain just snapped. Um, And I don't even know, like, I don't know if there was something particular that triggered it. I don't know if it was just me pushing stuff down for so long. I don't know if it was, like, my job that was, like, adding to this, but I just went from, I'm kind of okay, to everything is falling apart. Um, And again, I didn't know what was happening. I mean, I knew what depression and anxiety was. I'm very familiar with it, but I didn't know why I was spiraling so far. Um, And I had to stop working because I just could not function. Um, I was having mental breakdowns at work. Um, I was having to leave the office to go cry outside. I was having to go home early, having panic attacks. It was just getting to the point where I was like, I can't cope with everyday life. Um, I'm glad that I took time off work, but at the same time, b- because of COVID, I was also pretty isolated. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time at my house by myself um, because, of course, like my roommate was still working. I did, you know, see my parents, but well, they're not super helpful with like emotional stuff. They helped me and were supportive in other ways, but they're not really like, oh, I'm going to pour my heart out to you or whatever. Um, and it was pretty dark. Um i completely lost myself i don't recognize that person i forgot who i was um (coughs) okay
0: i think it's the things like those the dust or whatever oh i think it's the, the the air circulating
1: oh it's okay. Sorry. That's fine.
0: <laughs> I'm really gonna eat these until they're gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're so strong, though. Can you smell them? No, but I know what they taste like.
0: Oh yeah, I use them as breath mints.
1: Yeah. They're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I completely lost myself. Um. I mean, you were around at that time.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did I, I mean, I'm sure I seem different, but.
0: I mean, uh, that was, that was actually during a period when we weren't talking quite as much. Um, I don't know why. I think it was just, I'm not sure, but I don't think it was anything in particular. No, I don't Um, think so. But uh, I, like, I remember you going through a lot of, pretty much every time I heard from you was, like, something was happening. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so, like, you were experiencing something, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really (laughs) um, crazy that I can say this because I've been through so much in my life. That is the worst period of my entire life. It was so dark, and it seemed never-ending, and I just... I I wanted to die. Um, there was no I could feel nothing. I was completely numb. I got a cat, Rishi, at the time. And yes, I I love I knew I loved her, but I couldn't feel it. I couldn't mm. feel any joy. I couldn't um I felt like we just I just felt empty. Um and um, my nephew was born at that time I felt nothing um, and I love babies and of course I love my nephews and niece but I just was incapable of feeling anything and it got to the point where yeah I was like seriously contemplating suicide I knew that it wasn't the right thing to do but I also was losing hope um and i knew that i couldn't continue to live like this um because it would destroy me um so uh i was contemplating my options um i was trying to get help um from Langley Mental Health but unfortunately um they don't really help you unless you report report the crimes committed against you hmm. and i yeah. did not do that um and i still stand by that decision i mean that's something that you have to decide for your own um but i knew that it wouldn't go anywhere um and there was just there's no evidence there was just like my word against his and i wasn't going to put myself through that but unfortunately that meant that i couldn't get funding for counseling and i wasn't working at the time so i didn't have money um so, and I felt like my doctor wasn't taking me seriously enough or getting me the help that I really needed. And so I decided to do something very extreme. Um on November 23rd of 2020, I committed myself to the psych ward at uh Langley Memorial. Um despite people telling me not to do it. Um I think they I think mostly they just didn't want to see me there. Um and that's very Probably. And that's very understandable. Yeah. Um you know that's not a great it's not a great place to be. Um and unfortunately I feel like it should be better, but I mean it's not great. Um and so that was probably my lowest because I just thought like I'm never going to be well again and I'm going to have to be in a psych ward for the rest of my life and I was you know people in a psych ward they have varying degrees of issues there's people like me and there's people who have very extreme mental health issues and there's everyone in between um the people that I was in the ward with because you see everyone except for people who are in isolation. Um, I would say that their issues were more extreme and there were people who even said, like, why are you here? Because you're you're really aware. (coughs) And I thought, why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, you can't do a lot in a psych ward at least that one so you have endless amount of time to think um endless amount of time to contemplate your existence and your future and i looked around at the people there and no judgment to them or anything like i said a lot of them had really severe mental health issues but i just thought like this can't be my life i need to get out of here and so i saw um psychiatrist there and I was like you need to get me out um, because I can't be here and that was the beginning of big changes for me Um, big changes that came very slowly Um, my mom got me a counselor who I still see to this day um, and she has changed my life I've seen counselors throughout my whole life but It could be that maybe I wasn't ready with those other counselors or they just didn't understand me um, and they didn't really understand what was going on. And with this counselor, I don't know, she just gets me. Um, And she asks me the right questions um, and she gives me a lot of insight Um, but she doesn't like tell me anything. She just asks me questions and then I'm like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) the pieces are coming together. And so also I ended up um, being let go from that job, which makes sense because I wasn't working there. Um, and then I became a dog walker and that also had a huge change, a huge effect on my life because I was active every day instead of being locked up in my house. Um, and I was seeing dogs every day. So it was just like dopamine all <laughs> the time. <laughs> if, if you want an antidepressant, you should get a pet. You should get a dog. Um, yeah. Cause I had a cat and I love my cat to death, but like I'm not taking her on walks and she, <laughs> she's not very cuddly. So-
0: Pets make a massive difference uh, and dogs usually Dogs tend to make more of an emotional difference for people. They tend to be a big um, bridge between, um, you know, anxiety or depression and, and being happier.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. When well, I feel like with my cat, we're more like roommates, <laughs> except yeah, some
0: cats are like that. she yeah, sleeps
1: yeah. in my bed and mm-hmm. I like give her cuddles sometimes, <laughs> um, whereas dogs, it's like usually they're way more affectionate and more into you. Um and I I should say though, my parents were the ones that got me the cat. I adopted her. Um and I think they knew intuitively that I needed to care for something. Because also um I'm not saying everyone should go out and get a cat or a dog. Um like you got to be in the right situation. But also, having Rishi, I. Because obviously, there's so many things to live for. But having a life dependent on you is a game changer. Because I realize that even if I don't want to, I have to keep living because she depends on me. And she. I adopted her, so she came from a bad situation. And the idea of leaving her was just too much because she was she is very attached to me. Um so I mean, I do promote getting a pet. <laughs> Under the right circumstances. Yep. I mean you have a pet now, kinda.
0: Sort of, yep.
1: <clears throat> Does that help?
0: She has a diaper right now. <laughs> Why? She's going through heat.
1: Oh, she's not fixed?
0: Well, you do the first heat first. You do the heat first. So they get the burst of hormones. Mm -hmm. And then you do the fixing after the first heat.
1: How old is she? Puppy. Oh.
0: Like three or four months. Four or five months? Four or five months.
1: Oh, she must be a lot. Puppies are a lot.
0: Well, see, I'm lucky I get to come home after my two work shifts and then uh sydney has taken care of her dog and it's tired so (laughs) so i get to come home to a nice relaxed dog (laughs) nice that's (laughs) awesome driven her parent
1: (laughs) 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 that's like with my nieces and nephews i always for the most part i always get the good stuff they save the rest for their parents
0: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm
1: um it's it's awesome i highly recommend having nieces and nephews um, <laughs> i don't know how you could coordinate that in your life but
0: <laughs> i'm going to somehow forcefully have nieces and nephews well i have a brother i could get just make him have them
1: make someone have children sure you can how
0: well you can make dogs have dogs
1: The table. <laughs> that's okay maybe one day i'll give you a niece or a nephew here we go maybe one day <laughs> <laughs> and i expect it to be reciprocated
0: mm, okay working on it <laughs> got a whole show about it so <laughs> eventually you think we can get there in 10
1: years from now, this podcast is going to be about having children <laughs> and marriage. Oh man. Oh, can you imagine?
0: I can. I can imagine that. I can ima- we can evolve this thing. Yeah. This puppy.
1: And you can evolve with us. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's kind of, I mean, I've had like a couple of rough experiences this year. I was attacked by a Rottweiler and that was like pretty traumatic. Physically, I was mostly fine. Um, but I'd never been attacked by a dog before, so that was very scary, and it was a Rottweiler. Um, yeah. So okay, I guess technically I've been attacked by little dogs, but they don't do anything. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not not Rottweiler level, not large dog level. Damage, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. like
1: this dog can actually kill me kind of situation. Mm. Um, and I guess what I'm trying to say or the reason for sharing this is that I never thought the darkness would end. I thought it would last forever. I thought that was my life. Um, and I will say that I'm very fortunate to have supportive friends and to have supportive parents. Um, I mean, they're not perfect, and they don't always support me in the way that I want them to. but they were there and they helped me a lot. Um, yeah. And at the very least, they were just like, you can just sleep here if you want to feel safe. Um, And so I would do that. I would just sleep on their couch or in their spare room or whatever. Um, and so I'm very fortunate in that regard. But I think... I think I just, I refuse to give up. And I mean, that sounds like really easy, but it wasn't um, because I still struggle with my mental health. I still have depression and anxiety. I still have nightmares. I still have shit come up. Like, I was just bawling my face off the other day. Um, You know, like, I'm not, like, fixed or cured. I still take medication for my mental health. I still have to be very careful um, about, like, content that I'm consuming. um, And I keep strategies in place to help me. And sometimes I still spiral. I don't spiral that far, but usually it's like, you know, a week or two where I'm like, I've been depressed for a bit, like what's going on? Um, And I'm still in counseling. Um, My counselor asked me the other day if, not because she wanted me to, but she thought I was ending counseling because I didn't book more sessions. Mm. And so she's like, is this the end? I'm like, hell no. (laughs) <laughs> no 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 no, no. <laughs> uh there is still so much to process and to work through and i mean i, I don't know like i guess you just know when you're ready to leave counseling but yeah. i'm i'm just very committed to my mental and emotional well-being um because i know how bad it can get And I know that not dealing, because it is extremely difficult and painful to look deep within yourself and to unearth trauma and pain. Uh, That's why people don't do it. (laughs) That's why we party and do drugs and work. So much, and yeah, keep going. Um, yeah. and you know, etc., 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 is because we don't want to deal with what's going on inside of us, and that's what I was doing. I was major pothead. I was just like, you know, like I had my own coping mechanisms. Hmm. Let's just say, um, but they weren't helping me. They were just harming me, and I wasn't actually healing all that deep-rooted shit are
0: you gonna say something um i was just gonna say that that is uh that's typically what ends up happening it's self-destruction or self-hatred really Mm -hmm. um i heard this yesterday actually there was a good and it was a a guy on youtube talking about um men's mental health and uh how it's disregarded in society for a lot of for a lot of men but uh, he brought up, uh, there's a quote in an anime, or a manga, sorry. And it's uh, from the manga called Berserk. It's a very well-written one. It's one of the best written in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, a man who turns to hatred is a man who cannot face sadness. Mm-hmm. And that's kind <clears> of <throat> just like, I, I knew, knew about the manga, but I didn't know about that quote i was like man that's just so so on point when mm-hmm. when it, we can't face the our trauma we can't mm-hmm. face our our inner demons or whatever right our sadness it's it really ends up spiraling us out of control in different ways and and sometimes it subsides and then it comes back and we don't realize it and yada yada but but it's also not You can't just say, face your shit. Mm
1: -hmm. It just
0: doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a switch, right? No, it's not a switch. (laughs) It takes a long, it can take a long time or it can take particular circumstances so that somebody actually ends up having the courage to face that. And it is courageous. It is courageous to face what you've dealt with. It's not weak in any way whatsoever. It really takes a lot of bravery to step into the shit that is hurting you Mm -hmm. yeah um even when sorry my throat is like gone (laughs) i don't know what's going on
1: he's been yelling at me too much yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um
0: when i did my work with michelle Mm -hmm. for those three months uh I had literally gotten to a point in my life and I was just like, I can't do this on my own anymore. I I would try and so I spent two years after finding Gary Vaynerchuk, which was an eye-opening thing for me and totally turned me around. But I got to a point I was like, I can't do this by myself. I'm I'm like all over the place. And trying to succeed in my life while trying to face this shit inside of myself. And it's not working. <laughs> and, and sometimes sometimes you can get through things yourself and other times. I think it's just I think it really just comes down to, you know, with you finding your counselor and it was like life changing for you. Mm-hmm. I think it really comes down to how much time are you willing to spend or how much time are you willing to waste Mm -hmm. getting to the result that you want. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in that sense, if you can do something by yourself, all power to you. But really, it's just a decision you have to make for yourself and going, well, how much, how much faster could I get to where I want to be to being happy and understanding myself? Um, I think if you have the ability to get help in that way, it's why not? You Mm -hmm. know, life is short. Mm -hmm. Don't. Don't waste it trudging through snow when somebody can airlift you out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the other thing I wanted to say is that sometimes when it comes to healing, you do have to make difficult choices. Mm -hmm. Um, And people might not agree with you. I think with every single choice I made (laughs) regarding my mental health, (laughs) um, at least with my parents, and obviously your parents are like very impactful on you know the decisions that you make especially when they're my parents Um, but I chose to stop working and I mean rightly so my parents were like oh my god what's gonna happen um because I live on my own and everything um I chose to put myself in the psych ward Again, my parents were like, fuck no. Um, And then even some of my friends were like, what are you doing? Like, you shouldn't be there. I chose to become a dog walker. And at the time, like, I wasn't making very much money. And... Everyone, or like, I should say my parents, and this is not a shit on my parents, but you know how parents are. They're protective, right? Yeah, yeah. And so- you
0: might have done the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And they
1: were just like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't a real job. And I just had to make these difficult decisions for myself. And it was really hard. Um, and fortunately, I had friends like Christian who were like, just trust your gut. And just go with it. And you were very supportive. Um and I mean now I have my own dog walking business.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and a pretty
0: packed schedule with uh, that, that. Very packed schedule.
1: <laughs> I need to clone myself because there's not enough.
0: <laughs> that was less than a year.
1: I only started my business in October. Well, I went fully independent in October. Yeah. But but I
0: mean, like, you went from what, like, it's been a year. Yeah. You went from everything you just said to operating your own business Mm -hmm. with a full schedule in a year.
1: When you put it like that. (laughs) Well, I started counseling. (laughs) I started counseling at the end of January. Yeah. Um... And I was still like in a deep, dark hole when I started it. And yeah, and I I don't want that to sound like I'm so strong or, you know, like because I was telling Christian before we recorded, sometimes you can read stuff on like Instagram and whatever and think like, oh, well, it's just them. They're just special or they got lucky Or, you know, whatever the situation may be. And I'm not lucky. Uh, There's a lot of things that I've been through in my life which give me a lot of heartache to this day. And I think I just realized that my options were die or try and fight through this. and. I just I guess I just didn't want to die um and I didn't want to end up being like living in my parents' basement because I couldn't take care of myself I didn't want that for my life I didn't want to continue to be defeated over and over and over again because of the trauma that I experienced to no fault of my own but I just I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in pain and grieving because then those people won. Um, And I wanted to, not that it's really about them, but I also wanted to have that moment where you're like, fuck you. Look what I did with my life in spite of you. Um, And yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone's path is different. mine might be more extreme than some people or maybe it's mild for other people um but i think yeah you can't just wake up one day and say i'm gonna face all my shit i had to get to a pretty bad place for that to happen but i think that you can start small i mean
0: yeah yeah
1: you don't have to like end up in a psych board. You can just start by listening to podcasts or maybe journaling or, um, You know, there's like those inspirational cards that you can get that kind of like prompt something in your mind. You can talk to a friend that you trust and say, hey, I just feel kind of sad and I don't know why. Um, Or you can take up martial arts or you can there's so many baby steps that you can take um, before everything falls apart. And you don't even have to jump to counseling right away because I know that's also very scary. It wasn't scary for me because I've been in counseling my whole life. Um, But I recognize like for some people who've never done it or they've had bad experiences, counseling can be really scary. Um, And I think for me, I had to really humble myself and ask for help and ask for help from people I didn't want to ask. For help from (laughs) um you know like i i had to ask my parents for help and like i said you know i love my parents to death but they're not always like emotionally supportive but i had to humble myself and say i cannot do this um i can't do it by myself i can't book doctor's appointments i can't find myself a counselor um i'm incapable of doing that right now um, and my roommate, she, cause I wasn't working. She found me funding for counseling because, you know, everyone was telling me to just like check out all these resources, but I couldn't do it. So I had to say to her, please help me
0: sure, because yeah. I
1: can't do it. Um, and so I don't know, like, yeah,
0: I think, I think here too, a big barrier for that is financial. Yeah. Financial. Um, <clears throat> you know, professionals cost a lot of money and lots of people have extended health care. A uh, lot of people have extended health care and they don't realize it's in there.
1: I know. Uh, um, yeah.
0: Thera- therapy is in every um, extended health care package.
1: I used to have health benefits.
0: <clears throat> so for people who have it, like you'll get a chunk of it covered. And although it doesn't seem like it's a lot, you would really be surprised how much you can get done in like three sessions
1: mm-hmm. of
0: counseling if that's all you can get. Even it's it's way better than doing none. Um,
1: and, or it at least can help you like springboard you yeah, into the yeah. process. Yeah. There's also betterhelp.com. Um, yeah. I haven't used it because obviously I have an in-person counselor. But I've heard amazing things and it's not as ex- as expensive.
0: It's a, it's like 140 a month. For Canadians, I think.
1: For how much counselling?
0: Well, it's the, like, you can just text. It's oh. like uh, the unlimited, you can just text back and forth.
1: Oh, I thought it was, like, video too.
0: I think I think there are packages that have that. But oh, I think okay. it's, like, you can connect with a counsellor and just text them anytime. And they get mm-hmm. back to you when they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, for, some people have no access to funding. And, and it's, th- there are people that just can't do it financially. And that's sucks. Um, And I will sit here right now and tell you, I don't have an answer for you because we don't have a system that's set up for that, that it's stupid and it's ridiculous. And if anything that we need covered right now um, is mental health. Actually, that psychiatrist that I've been listening to on YouTube, Dr. K, he was saying, I think it was like six months ago, even one of his videos, he was saying mental health is now the world's greatest health crisis. It now kills more people than anything on the planet, and it's
1: gone up since COVID.
0: Yeah, and uh, so that's that's something we our healthcare really needs to look at. But there are also people who are like me, who were like it would be a financial strain, mm-hmm. um, and so you're kind of afraid to do it. Before I worked with Michelle, I never did any kind of counseling or therapy or coaching or anything. And um, Michelle was well-priced at the time for what she was doing, Um, really well-priced, but it was still like quite a bit outside of my financial comfort zone Mm -hmm. to add something in uh, financially every month. And I will say that getting my head on straight and dealing with those issues one of them was finances Mm -hmm. and those are things you can talk to your counselor about finances you can talk to oh yeah a lot of counselors they
1: have sliding scales um so i mean i'm on a sliding scale but even that is expensive um i'm just fortunate that one i got funding for it because Honestly, I don't know where I would be today if I couldn't get funding for counseling because mm-hmm. I had zero money to pay for it. Um, and now I'm in a way better position. Like, obviously, I, I, I'm i not rich. So, you know, shelling out that money isn't easy, but I can, um, especially because I have a huge motivation to. Um, but, yeah, I, I understand and I feel very fortunate that, I've been able to get the help that I needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, uh, What I was saying with the with my situation with the finances, um, it was a better investment in myself financially to Mm -hmm. do that trauma counseling uh, with Michelle, because it's been a year since since we did the counseling. And uh, or sorry, the the coaching coaching. And I have made more money this year than I have ever made any year before that. And it is because I went through the coaching, the trauma um, counseling with her that I was able to do that because I was able to change the way I thought about things and I was able to release you know, attachments to, I was able to release a lot of my binge eating because of that. I have way more control over my appetite now.
1: didn't know you were binge eating.
0: Yeah. I've always been a binge eater. I still do from time to time, but it's, it's not like it used to be. Um, I have way more control over, over my eating habits now than I did before. And it's, it's literally gone for and I don't have to try. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is like if I feel like binge eating, I just do it. And it there's no slope to fall back on. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like, well, I'm really hungry today, so I'm gonna eat. And then mm-hmm. the next day I'm like, yeah, I don't need to eat that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the financial thing, I think just to wrap this up, because I went long-winded with it. <laughs> 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 if you are on the fence about doing counseling or coaching because of the finances and it's a potential strain or it's a strain but it's not going to break you do it Mm -hmm. because you will come out on top as long as you follow through with it you will be better off financially for having done it in the long term Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah and and it actually was doing the coaching that allowed me to make the decision to start investing in cryptocurrency because I was afraid to do it because I had mm-hmm. so much crap trauma around finances.
1: Oh, me too. When
0: we released the trauma with finances, I wasn't afraid to get involved with investing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would not have even pulled the trigger
1: mm-hmm.
0: had I had not gone through that counseling. So,
1: I'm very proud of you for doing that. Because I've noticed a huge difference, too.
0: I appreciate it, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and I would say, too, I mean, for myself personally, um, it's kind of not always, because right now I'm, like, in a kind of mental slump. I don't know if you've looked out your windows, but... <laughs> It's pretty depressing out there. But we're
0: having a rough go in BC.
1: <laughs> um, and usually rain doesn't phase me, especially now that I'm dog walker, I'm in it all the time. But oh god, um, it's not helping my mental health. Um, but I have just habits that I've created where it kind of like saves safeguards me from going down a spiral. Mm, um. Yeah and I'm more in touch with my feelings I'm more in touch with why I feel those things and what I need to do about them um I'm in a relationship now and I'm not gonna say that you know it'll last a lifetime I hope so but you never know however I've made it huge strides in this relationship where i'm way more co- communicative way more honest and i express my needs and i was actually talking to my counselor the other day and i was like do relationships really require this much talking <laughs> because i never used to talk to my partners about things and now i'm like oh, you gotta talk about everything <laughs> But I'm realizing that it's better to talk about it now than wait until resentment builds or the problem comes up later. I feel like I am more deeply connected with my friends. I'm able to communicate better with my friends. Not always. Christian doesn't always see the good sides of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like kids. They're worse with their parents. I'm worse with Christian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um uh. and i'm much more resilient um and actually my my dad said that to me because i um had a very unfortunate incident a couple weeks ago and i didn't know this is what i needed to hear but he said you are so much more resilient because before this would have broken you but you're still standing. You're still talking about it. You were able to handle that situation and take the appropriate steps to make sure you were safe and you're still working. And I just started crying because I was just like, I am more resilient. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and I mean, like, I think there's so many things, but I think one of the biggest things is that I own a business now and I never, ever thought that would happen and I never thought that I could be self-sufficient Um and kick an ass um, and they still so sometimes I fear how much is inside of me that needs to be brought out because it feels like an endless well um,
0: <laughs> you know I think that's what we are, really.
1: Yeah, well, and also things get piled up on... Because life sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, it can. My it can. my
1: dad yeah. also said this to me the other day. And he said... I don't know what we were talking about, but he said life isn't fair. And I felt my heart just, like, ache. Because it's true. And then I realized... um, you know, through the incident that I went through, basically a man threatened me with a knife. Um, the, the you There's so little in life that we can control. And I look back on my life and being so angry at myself because I didn't see this or I didn't get out of that situation or I didn't defend myself, blah, 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 blah. Um, but none of those, well, maybe a few things I could have, you know prevented but most of it i couldn't i mean the foundation was laid when i was a child and my trajectory in life started when i was born um and i have no control over that but i realized that the only thing that you can control in life is yourself and how you respond to life and i don't I will never claim that I always respond appropriately. (laughs) Um, uh, But I think, you know, people will tell you what you should do, how you should act, whatever. But you're the one that has to go to sleep at night and think about what you did that day. You're the one that has to live your life. And I realized all I can expect of myself is to have integrity and to do my best. And, you know, you'll fall short of that because you're human
0: yep.
1: um, and you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna hurt people, probably gonna hurt yourself. Um, but as long as, for me anyway, I just hold that in my hands and I'm like, as long as I can, you know, respond to sometimes horrible situations that are outside of my control, with integrity and I did my best so I can expect of myself. And that's kind of my new mantra. And I know it's kind of like a downer to be like, life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, obviously, there's so many beautiful, wonderful things in life. And I mean, we get to do this podcast, which I never like imagined for myself. I get to be friends with Christian. That's awesome. Um, but...
0: I think, like, there's a lot of really amazing good things in life, even with the pandemic. There's we still live in a better time than we did 30, 40, 100 years ago. Right. Like I, I really when I say this, it sounds like hyperbole, but a 100 years ago, I would have died of a lung infection. I had weak or in lungs war. or in war, like, but like for sure a lung infection, like my lungs were very weak for a long time. Um, I would have died of a lung infection. The medicine required to treat it wasn't there a hundred years ago. And I just like, there is a lot to be grateful for. And we live in a really good time and as good as it is in first world country. um. Life is still hard, life is hard it is and yeah. it's not fair no it's not going to be fair that's like that's the way it is, like your dad said a good thing there <laughs> and it it hits you when someone actually when it hits you and it clicks, it clicks, and my it hurts. dad
1: is like uh, <laughs> oh, we're really close, and um. Every so often he says something where I'm like, Ugh. actually, he's been doing it a lot more lately. Maybe he knows that I just need love <laughs> <laughs> or like tough love. But yeah, he just says stuff sometimes where I'm like, stop hitting me to my core.
0: Um, but You're probably more receptive to it now. Yeah. That's what's happening. Probably am. Yeah.
1: I'm also more open with my parents now Um, because I used to be pretty closed off and I had good reasons for it. But now, um, you know, like I called my mom a couple weeks ago because I just needed to talk about some things from my childhood. And, you know, I knew that she would be the person that would understand it the most. But like old me would have never done that. Mm. But now now I recognize I was like, I'm really sad and this is what I need. And it seems counterintuitive, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then me and my mom had this um, this uh, really emotional, touching conversation where we both, like, opened our hearts to each other and shared things like that. So, yeah, I mean, counseling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what you've essentially done with your life is what you I was going to bring it up, but you brought it up. Um, you you took control of the things that you could take control of and you started letting other things go, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's something you are accountable for the things that you have control over. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are always responsible for you at all times. Mm-hmm. And that's, you can't control everything in the world. You can't control what happens to you Most of the time, you can't control what other people do, uh, but you can control your response to it. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy, but Mm -hmm. you can control your response to it. And at the end of the day, no matter what happens to you, you are responsible for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of one of those life isn't fair kicks to the face, but uh, nobody else is responsible for you, you know maybe when you're five (laughs) yeah. but uh there come there comes a point in your life where it just uh you you have to really accept that responsibility and and drop the victim thing even when you are a victim you have to drop being a self-victim victimizing Mm -hmm. yourself under situations that don't exist Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah and i would say that um you know, it's been less than a year that I've done counseling, but maybe I already mentioned it. But there are things that are still very difficult for me to think about. Um, I was sure. telling Christian, um, off camera that, um, you know, I'm trying to re uh, reconnect with um myself as a little girl, So I think we all have that, you know, child version of ourselves inside of us, and you know, that's where you know. Um, you get imprinted from like a very formative age, but it is very difficult for me. Um, it's probably one of the most difficult things that I've been trying to do in counseling. And we don't talk about it very often because it's very triggering. Um, but there are things I do things like, what would you say, indirectly to kind of like connect or honor that inner child I've started climbing trees
0: <laughs> that's cool I like that <laughs> I don't know if you saw my post on Instagram I didn't catch it no oh uh,
1: yeah. okay um yeah because when I was a child I <clears throat> I um I was always jealous of my brothers because they were so brave and they just didn't care and so they would do all these fun things that I was too afraid to do um and so now I'm like I'm gonna fucking climb trees and I feel like first of all, so happy because I love trees and I love climbing. It's really fun. Um, but I also feel like I'm honoring that part of myself. And then um, I'm getting a tattoo that like honors that as well. So it's kind of like things that are adjacent, but not directly dealing with it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. And I think there are some things that are just going to be sad. And I think I also realized that through this healing process, you know, some people think that healing means that you don't feel sad anymore, but there are some things that will always be sad when you think about it. You just learn how to deal with it and how to cope. Um, And to live and be happy and healthy despite it um and so there will always be things in my life and I'm sure there will always be things in your life where you're gonna cry over it Mm. your heart's gonna ache over it and that doesn't mean that you're not healed
0: yeah no I I would agree with that I think um I don't know the biology inside out but I can feel like the things that I had a a trauma response to, like a trigger response to, that I don't anymore. It's not that, it's not that things aren't sad. I think it's just like the stress response doesn't show up anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really
0: where the difference in feeling comes from. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I could talk about <coughs> for hours, yeah. but look up somatic experiencing. Um, and maybe I'll make a post or something so you can check it out. Um, <laughs> but basically, like, our bodies are just very intelligent, and our bodies hold on to trauma, and that's why you have chronic stress and like very. Mm, uh, various issues like that and so i think yeah part of healing is that you're not as triggered by those things um i can't say that's true for myself now but hopefully in another year guys
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but yeah i yeah. don't know i think that's all i have to say about that
0: oh it was a really really great discussion i think mm-hmm. um i really appreciate you sharing that and yeah, there was a lot in there that I didn't know about. I think uh, oh, really I think you right now are in a very healthy relationship compared to your past relationships Holy fuck. <laughs> And I, I I laugh because I just am, yeah I'm happy for you, yeah,
1: well, and yeah. that that comes back to, you know, the only thing you can control is yourself. So as much as I hate it, I can't control what happens in the future. So I might not stay with this person. And that could be – probably would be very heartbreaking. But I don't have control over that. All I can control is what I do now. Mm -hmm. And that has been my attitude towards my relationship and just – Working very hard <laughs> and being very vulnerable. <laughs> so and yeah. I, I take that in all my relationships. I mean, even with Christian, I'm like, got to have those hard conversations. You got to talk about your feelings. You got to try to communicate because all you have is yourself and right now. And, you know, like, obviously, you know, you meet me halfway. But, you know, I'd like I want us to have a lifelong relationship. And yeah. that doesn't happen if you're not showing up, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah. Takes work. We had a fight on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't really a fight. I just got really... I got irritable and that made Michaela irritable.
1: I was and pretty mad at you.
0: Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> I, I know you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but we worked it out. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and shit happens and you just work through it.
1: Well, I mean, we're only human. Um, I mean, I... we're gonna irritate each other. <laughs> I think we've done so on many occasions. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think we also, you know, we think about things very differently. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. the beauty and annoyance <laughs> Our friendship um and i think you know no perfect person exists including yourself so if you just actually i'm listening to will smith's autobiography Mm. on audible so good i
0: heard it was good yeah
1: really good um and really heart-wrenching so he was saying that in marriage because he's been married to Jada Pinkett for like a long time. Mm. Um, and they have talked about this publicly and now he's talked about it in his book. It has not been a perfect relationship. and
0: No, yeah, I've, I've seen um, him talk about that in videos. Yeah, yeah
1: and yeah. he, I mean, I'm not finished the book, so I don't know how it ends. But I mean, so far he's talking about how basically he was an asshole. And him and his wife went to see a counselor, and they were supposed to write down their their priorities and share it with each other. Hmm. So they both happened to just write four. And Jada wrote down, number one, kids. Number two, Will. Number three, me. Number four, my extended family. And Will wrote down, number one, me. Number two, kids. Number four, or three, Or no, no, he put number two is Jada, number three kids, and number four extended family. And she just started bawling because she's like, how could you put your kids at number three and put Mm. yourself at the top? Mm. And that was a huge, like, he realized that he was very, very focused on himself. And the point is, is that he said that people give up so quickly. Um, and he said, I'm not against divorce. I recognize like, well, he's divorced and he recognizes that sometimes it needs to happen, but people give up so quickly and they just don't want to fight or work through those difficult things. And now I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, I will go to those dark places with you and have those uncomfortable conversations because I don't want to give up. And so, um, not that our fight was very big, but I was just like, I'm going to
0: go there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Even though I'm so annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um because you know you're not gonna have a friend very long if you can't have difficult conversations yeah
0: yeah and a
1: relationship you're not gonna have a relationship like a romantic relationship very long
0: yeah i think people really give up on each other super easy now it's just too well in the dating field for sure like not even not even friendships but jesus christ they
1: give up on you before you even meet them
0: (laughs) yeah basically but like it's this is a topic for another time but i mean something we should discuss is why men have become such simps and i think it's actually because men have always been simps but (laughs) but i think it's because the tinder world has turned dating into this the moment anything goes wrong at all you can just wipe somebody out of your existence right mm-hmm. you can just erase somebody off your phone and that's the end of it and you move on to somebody else mm-hmm. um and I think it's actually perpetuating these insecurities of uh of everybody but I think for men in particularly it ends up being this like well I can't you know if she's unhappy she's she's gonna leave me or if or, you know she'll stop talking to me so i I'll, I'll agree with her I'll do what she wants like you know, it it really that was a big problem for me. I was like, I had no idea how to navigate that, mm-hmm. right? Because I was how
1: cute he is,
0: super cute.
1: I can't imagine <laughs> someone just <laughs> who would give that guy up. <laughs> but uh,
0: but I think yeah, yeah, that's a topic for another time. But <clears throat> but yeah, I think it's just becoming so easy to just be like,
1: Yep, yeah, see ya. People are very Bye. expendable, and there's always somebody else. Um, and you know, like I would say that in the past, I've had that with friends, not with romantic partners, but with friends where I'm like, I give up. Um, and I understand why I did it, and I didn't know how to deal with these difficult things and have these difficult conversations. And you know, I definitely was also toxic. Um, I, don't think i was like always a great person um and i've done some really shitty things too um but now i just i don't know i don't want to give up on people unless they give me a really good reason
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think people
1: people suck including myself um and people are also very wonderful but like we're people i mean come on
0: (laughs) people are amazing and they suck they're good they're bad yeah that is that's the like there's again a topic for another time but like you are good and bad there is every human being is like that i have a couple friends who literally think they're not capable of doing bad things i and i still talk to them I have not shut you out of my life because I don't believe in that. But what
1: did they define as bad? I have no idea. Okay.
0: (laughs) Because to me, they've done some pretty bad things.
1: If they haven't murdered, then I guess they're, and that's what's bad. I guess they're not a bad person.
0: (laughs) They stay still within the majority of the Ten Commandments, I guess. Uh, But yeah, I think we're, we're all, we all suck. And we're all awesome. It just, we're a mixed bag of things. And you do your best day to day. You do what you think is the right thing.
1: You say sorry.
0: You say sorry. And, yeah.
1: And you forgive. And that's one thing that I'm working on. um, Because I definitely won't get into this. But I've... discovered you know um that i'm holding a lot of anger and resentment towards someone um and that i need it's not going to happen overnight (laughs) um but i need to work on you know forgiving them at the very least for myself because I don't want to carry that with me for the rest of my life, and because this person is important to me, so I don't want them to be, like, on their deathbed, and I'm like, I forgive you. You know? I I want to forgive them as soon as possible.
0: Um, yeah. And
1: so... But I'm not very good at
0: forgiving people, and so it's very hard. It's, it's <laughs> tough. It is super hard, too. I'm
1: also not good at apologizing either, so... Yeah.
0: <laughs> It, it it's it's hard for a lot of people to just yeah and i'm stubborn as hell like yeah i get it
1: <laughs> it's a process you usually have to forgive over and over and over again yeah um but yeah i mean people are awesome people suck you just <laughs> need to find the people that suck well <laughs> that suck I'm, good
0: i'm all on board for that I I like the path that that's going. I
1: was on. waiting to say that. <laughs>
0: All right. I think we should wrap this up.
1: Yes. Um thanks for listening to my story. Thank you for listening.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. That was amazing. And and uh hopefully that provides some insight for a lot of people. I think it will. Yeah.
1: And if you ever, you know, want to talk, um, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. Like I may not always be emotionally available. Um, but if you ever want to talk, you can like message us in our DMs, um, for love in the valley, or you could message me on my private Instagram account. It's not hard to find. Um, or if you want to know who my counselor is or like, anything, any tips, just hit me up and I will try my very hardest to be there for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, we both, I mean, there's lots of resources everywhere, but we both can share our resources that we've used mm-hmm. with with anybody that wants to take a step forward or, or change the resources they're using. Um, we both have a few different people and tools that we can pass onward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: yeah not counselors but um and i (laughs) we're not counselors I I, and that's why i was honest at the very beginning like i might not be emotionally available because i'm carrying a lot of my own burdens right now um but i will be happy to send you links or articles or tips or anything yeah um no problem whatsoever with that yeah i'm gonna go cry now (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs)
0: I cried today, so that's fine.
1: <laughs> I cried yesterday in the yeah. shower. It was very dramatic.
0: <laughs> oh, I love showers.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, guys, thank you for listening or watching, and this is Love in the Valley. I'm Christian.
1: I'm Michaela, and I love you. Wink.
0: <laughs> All right, see you later, guys.